0: Welcome back. We're here with a whole new episode, episode 27. I have the window cracked, so I apologize if you hear any stupid outside noise. But again, we're finally hitting summertime in New York, and it's finally feeling good. Well, today is a little bit colder than anyone would have expected. But I'm going to just let you know, yeah, that is a dog barking in the background. I apologize. But I want to preface this by saying I understand with everything going on right now, The way the state and country is right now with all the racial tension and everything going on, I really appreciate you stopping by to listen and have a few laughs. And it really makes me feel special to know that you're here and you could be anywhere else that you want to be, but you're here with me and we're going to have a good time for the next 30 minutes or so. So here we go. Now, I want to start this off by saying this whole show on Discovery Channel called Naked and Afraid... I don't really understand it because it's like with any other reality show, like there's a camera crew following you around, try and be a little bit more subtle with how things are going. But like there's cameras there, there's medevac there when they need it. And I'm intrigued by the fact that I can sit on my bed or sit on the couch and watch these people act like fools in nature and exposing themselves to the elements with no food. Like I really laugh at these people that are trying to be nice with each other and then it turns out they can't stand each other towards the end because one is like the weaker of the two. And some of the times it's the man and some of the times it's the woman. But either way, I think it's hysterical uh, to see people fall apart and like mentally come undone. Because I'm like, first of all, you put yourself in the situation to be overpowered by the elements and expose yourself to these bugs and environment and stuff that, you know, we have houses for a reason, like we built shelters for a reason. Like my my boyfriend would argue that, you know, we don't really need those shelters and everything. But I feel like at this point, you can say that all you want, but we still need them kind (laughs) of like minimally need them. Like I need it because if my hair is exposed to humidity, I will look like that. I will look like Monica in that one episode where they go to the Bahamas before she braids her hair. I will just look like the lost child of Diana Ross and the sister of Tracy Ellis Ross, who has a movie out that I kind of want to see because she's kind of doing something that makes me that reminds me and probably other generations of her mother, Diana Ross, which I feel like it's this movie kind of pays tribute and homage, homage, however you say it to her. But that's a movie I would want to see. And anyway, anyway, back to what I was saying. So shelters, no shelters. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say shelters. But the way these people try and at least build them on their own is pretty cool. Like they try and build their own shelters and do it their way and try and figure it out because they have to kind of last, I think, a month at least in in the wild, And try to get to the pickup location. So the premise is that these two people who are supposedly good in the wild because they have to audition and stuff, they have to survive being outdoors, no clothes, no food, no nothing like bare bones. They get like one weapon, a knapsack, and one of them gets a map and one of them gets something else. So they have to, you know, be cool with each other for 30 days in order to receive a lump sum of money, which I'm sure they split down the middle, but whatever. But my thing is, is cool, but also how many times have they tried to do this show and the one person has killed the other person? Because I'm sure that that's happened. Stop me if I'm wrong, but they've probably had so many liabilities and catastrophes and such that they've had to do a whole bunch of other shit to cover it up. <laughs> I got lost in this topic just now. I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was watching the ad for it because I was watching HGTV because Sunday, that's what I like to do. And I have to say I love that channel, but I want to talk more about HGTV in a separate episode because it deserves its own piece. But Discovery Channel does Naked and Afraid XL. And I was talking to my boyfriend about it and he goes, you know, that's scripted, right? And I'm like, oh. <sighs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But you're bursting my bubble. And I'm like a silly person who likes to have faith in humanity sometimes. Sometimes. Like minimally, I'll have faith in them. Because that's really all they deserve at this point is like minimal shit. So I'll give you that a little bit. But I just, I, you know, f- faith in humanity is really important. But also making a murderer. <laughs> that's where they failed humanity the averys were like this family that nobody liked now this is just a snippet of what i remember because it's been a couple weeks since i watched it and it's a snippet of what i remember from the episode episodes so my my memory's absolutely shot but i'm going to tell you that i just think it's really funny that one family like one person is being blamed from this one family because everybody hates this family. So my thing is, is you hate that family so much. Why Why would you now put this person in this position to be locked up forever when there was no actual evidence linking him to anything? They just didn't like him at all. That's basically what happened in this show. They brought justice in, the whole legal system and everything. And they were like, you know, this whole thing is full of shit. And it was m- based off of the fact that... I forgot his first name, but whatever. <laughs> he he basically did like one of those jousting. When you go head on with somebody, he basically... Oh, chicken. That's what they call it. He was playing chicken with someone who happened to be related to someone in, in the police force that was high up. I think it was the chief of police. And he... Ran her off the road, basically. And she had a complaint about him. So they locked him up on some false charges with that. And I was like, wait a minute. You can't do that. Then I was telling my mom, I was like, I am never going to where this place is. I don't remember where it was. I think it was Wisconsin. Yeah. See, I do remember things. Yeah. So Wisconsin. I said, I would probably get arrested for jaywalking. If I was in Wisconsin, just because they could not even because they had a valid reason, just because they could. And I was like, I don't think anything. I haven't finished watching it yet, but I know the spoilers and there's a whole other season. But I'm at the point right now where his nephew, who is a little bit slow, said that he was involved in some kind of sexual assault with some girl that ended up dying and supposedly being burned alive. Now, everybody is not 100 percent sure of what they've seen. But they saw her at his house. She was a photographer, so she would freelance and do these jobs. And one of the jobs was to take pictures of cars. I guess to put it on like Cars.com or Carfax or whatever to prove the condition of the car, whatever, like a car appraisals, whatever they do. I don't know anything about automobiles and shit. So she, she, he owned a car lot where most of these cars were, and she would come take pictures, do her job because that's her job, and then she would go. So that's basically what happened. And they're saying that the last time she was seen was on his property. Now, there's no way that they can actually prove he did anything besides the nephew saying that, oh, my uncle called me over and told me to come over and help me and ask me if I wanted to go to a bonfire or something. I think that was the story. That's what the kid said is that his uncle told him to come over to help him with a bonfire or help him come over and hang out. And even the kid's mother Like the sister to the initial perpetrator was saying, you came home. What do you mean? You What do you mean? I saw you when I got out of work. And he was like, yeah, well, I went back out. Anybody could say that. I mean, the kid's not all mentally there. Like his IQ is not where it should be, I'm sure, for his age. But like, dude, now this guy is going back to jail after he just got out because his nephew is not sure of what's going on in reality. And I'm like, oh my God, another, he's going back to jail for what? Like, like, I just don't understand. So I have to still finish this, but that's like a snippet of confusion as to what the fuck am I watching.com. That's the website I'm currently sitting at. (laughs) So speaking of TV shows, let me tell you something. I've seen season finales and series finales that just broke my heart altogether. What I don't appreciate is when series finales end and I'm annoyed. How I Met Your Mother, for example, I like the way it ended, but I think there were certain things that were fucked up about it, such as introducing Tracy, Ted's wife, and then killing her off, like maybe five episodes into her story arc. So they basically show how she met everybody else. Then they show how Ted met her. Then they show quickly they got married. Well, no, they had kids first, then got married then found out she was sick, then she dies. And then you go back to Ted telling the story to his kids about how everything transpired with everybody. Like it's the culmination of everything coming to a head in that show. And then you basically learn that he pined for Robin this whole time, which was kind of stupid, but I get it because he already had kids. They'd already, she'd already traveled the world and done everything. I prefer her to be with Barney because they kind of had the same personality, but I understand why it didn't work out. So that's another story. But I appreciate um, jackass on a motorcycle. Damn it. Um, Pocket rocket, I should call it. But Barney and Robin got along the best, I thought, until they didn't. Which usually has. Sometimes it happens in love. Sometimes it happens in life. Things work out till they don't. I've had that happen in plenty of relationships. But so far, so good with this one. Let's see if I don't ruin it. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So basically, I feel like the story that he was telling was trying to make it seem like the kids would be okay with him and Robin being together. Which is basically what I've read from other people's opinions of what happened. But I thought it was a nice ending because it came full circle. He got her the blue French horn. He stood outside her window again. And it was kind of like when they first went on their first date. I thought it was really cute. A lot of people want to have the debate that it shouldn't have ended that way, that Barney should have ended up with Robin, and that Ted should have just been alone. (laughs) But I, I, you know, the way I see it from the way writers had this planned out, that show was very well put together. They brought all the stories together like it's pretty genius how they did it because I can't figure it out for the life of me how they got all that shit together. They put all the storylines together. They did all the memories like in bits and pieces back and forth like that. Like you really have to go in there in the writer's room put the whole story together. This is, I'm I'm figuring this out as I'm saying it. You put the whole story together and then you mix it up like you're stirring a stew or something. And then you do the memories out of order, which I feel like watching this show again as I'm talking about it and taking some notes and figuring this out because I really think I'm I'm starting to get the concept and grasp the idea as of how they approached the show and what they really did with it, which is really cool because I've never really put a lot of thought into things like that until now. But anyway, <laughs> so on that inhale, I'm going to explain what I was not happy about with the show girls now girls and every other show after it, like every other show about any type of group of woman, women, excuse me, that followed sex in the city, tried to compete with sex in the city, which is fine. You can try, but there will never be another Carrie Bradshaw or Samantha Jones or, um, Oh my God. My than Miranda Hobbs or Charlotte York, there'll never be another four of them, but they tried. They did girls. It was good. It kept my interest. But then I got to a point where I was like, okay, you have to finish this show now because you've put, you've invested so much time into it, which is kind of how I feel about Grey's Anatomy. Like I've been watching this show for half my lifetime, Grey's Anatomy. So I got up to like season four or five and I was like, all right, you have two more seasons left. Push through. I think there was only six or seven seasons. So I finally sat down and I started, I was finally on the final season of this show. Now, um, before I get to that, I want to explain something. So it takes, here's how I compare it to Sex and the City. It takes place in New York City. It follows four girls, Jessa, Shoshana, Marnie, and Hannah. Jessa and Shoshana are cousins. Marnie and Hannah are like best friends from the jump. So it's, I feel like it's Judd Apatow's version of Sex and the City, which is cool. Everybody has a different take on how it went and Hannah and Adam have the most toxic but beautiful relationship and it kind of made me sad, spoiler alert if you haven't watched it, that they didn't end up together. He tried at the end but it, it didn't work out, which essentially, again, like I said, happens in life. It doesn't work out. So the first episode, you see Marnie and Hannah sleeping in the same bed together in this tiny little apartment in Brooklyn, I think. Yeah. And... In the end of it, it, the season series finale, Marnie and Hannah end up in the same bed together in a house in the country. Like she moves out of like upstate because she gets a job at a college as a rep, as a professor. So, it kind of went full circle in that sense. But Marnie is basically helping Hannah take care of a child who she had on her own from a weekend stand, I guess, with this surf instructor because she was sent. By her by her magazine or journal, whatever she was, whatever project she was working with, they sent her as a writer to go do research on this surfing camp out in like Connecticut or whatever. And she went and did that. She slept with this dude a bunch of times, I'm guessing unprotected, obviously. She ended up getting pregnant and she decided to raise the kid on her own. And um, Marnie says that she. Well, Marnie volunteered as tribute, like they do, <laughs> like people with nothing going on do. that That's the truth, though. People who have nothing going on, but who are desperate for affection and down on their luck, offer, often volunteer for things they're not actually prepared for. So Marnie, being the supposed good friend she is, forced herself into Hannah's life as the live babysitter. And one day... Marnie, well, Hannah yells at Marnie, who's only trying to be helpful, but is a little bit overbearing because that's how she is. She's kind of a control freak. So she yells at Marnie. Marnie ends up calling Hannah's mother and Hannah's mother comes up and then it becomes a whole big thing. Hannah disappears for a couple hours. She comes back. But before that happened, before Hannah comes back to the house, Hannah's mother has a conversation with Marnie about what do you want out of life? Like, you're helping my daughter raise her kid, but does that make you happy? And Marnie said something along the lines of, I don't know that I deserve to be happy, which is really sad. But at this point, after everything she's gone through and every city situation she's been in through this series, I would not be surprised if that's how she felt. But the way it ended was that Marnie apparently wants to go to law school now, and Hannah is finally able to get her son to latch, and when I say that, I mean, breastfeeding terms, because that was the issue for like the whole episode was that her son hates her because he won't latch to her breast. And Marty was trying to explain to her, well, if you would calm down, the baby would sense your calm, and he would do it. But anyway, Hannah fights everybody all the time and plays the victim all the time, which kind of turned me off to her. Her character was always so needy and whiny and whatever. And I feel like maybe the positive side of the series finale is that she grew the fuck up for two minutes and realized it's not always about her and that she has a life to take care of now and that she should really just suck it up and do what she has to do. But anyway, so I didn't care for the series finale because it didn't feel like, excuse me. It felt like they, um, they cut it short. I feel like there's a couple more episodes. I feel needed to happen to wrap up everyone's story because The episode before the series finale just showed them at a party together, but like Hannah realizing it was the last time all four of them would be together, which is nice. But that wasn't really, it didn't really do it for me. And I was trying to, I didn't really get the chance to look up any reviews as to whether or not people hated or loved the ending. I hated it. I hated it. And my boyfriend actually sat down and watched it and was like, that's it. And that's exactly how I felt about it. Like that was it. It was stupid. Anyway, so uh, that was basically it for that. And oh, (laughs) I got some work stories for you because I want to wrap balance this episode out because I ranted about two TV shows. Well, a bunch, a bunch of TV shows that either don't make sense or make too much sense or I'm missing something, but I have more work stories for you because I know you love those. So. One of the main things at my job is that per diem employees are supposed to sign a page in what is known as the affiliate guide, which is just like one of the handbooks you get when you start a job, but it's not the same as the regular handbook because that's for full-time employees. (laughs) Now, that being said, the person who handles the per diem affiliate guides is like the, the handbooks in general are handled by staff development, which, you know, DC is staff development. She's the one who trains everybody when they first come in, et cetera, et cetera. So you would think that she would know how to read an email, but I guess not. And here's why. (laughs) So I sent her an email. I sent her emails about this. Every time I get a new affiliate guide sheet, I document it because, again, still split between two departments. When is it going to end, folks? nobody knows at this point. So I handle everything for both departments. So with the affiliate guides, there's different types. Okay. There's per diems and there's outside contractors. So it's really hard to get a measure of everybody in every department. I handle nursing mostly. And I give those to Arlene, who is my boss. So I gave, I sent her an email telling her, These are the rehab people who still have not handed in affiliate guides. Like these are the ones I'm still waiting on. And I was like, I forwarded this email to this department head and this email to this department head and this email. So I'm forwarding things to department heads. So they know I'm just keeping her in the loop because that's what she likes. And I don't want to hear it later. Well, why didn't you tell me I would have helped you? So that's, that's me cutting that off and hopefully saving myself some grief later on. So I sent her an email and I said, for rehab because she works close to that office and that department head doesn't usually check his emails that often. I said, these are the list of people from each department that I still need them for. And she goes, is this as current as you know it to be? And I want to be like, well, fucking yes, Yoda. It is as current as this is going to be or however the fuck you worded it. But I was like, yes, that's what I mean. This is how I responded. Hello. Hello. Yes, this is what I mean when I say this is who I'm waiting for, for these things. <laughs> so I'm stressed and stressed because it's really stupid and really easy to read my emails. I'm not an asshole. I know how to type in English, etc., etc. <laughs> so I couldn't have made my email any clearer about it is basically what I'm saying. And then there's also Bonnie who drives me nuts again. I have to type up policies and procedures and fix them. So Bonnie normally gives me a policy with scribbles all over it of edits she wants. No big deal. Fine. What I have a problem with is the version of Adobe we use at our job is the cheap version, which does not allow us to convert from Adobe to a Word document. That's your context right there. That's your backstory. And now I'm going to tell you why I got pissed off at this now. So she decided that she was going to do what I've told her not to do plenty of times, which is click on a file that has the Adobe thumbnail next to it and open it as a Word document, because if you're a normal human being and have made this mistake once, you won't make it ever again. So basically what happens when you do that is it opens the document. And the formatting is all screwed up and you can't edit the text the way you want because some of, the, some of the PDF comes over as picture instead of text. So I've told her plenty of times not to do this. Now, the incident that occurred recently made me want to throw her through a window. <laughs> and that's as calmly as I can put that. So she goes, Corinne, can you come take a look at something? And I said, what is it before I get up? She goes, I can't seem to edit this document. And I said, well, how did you open it? And she said, I opened it as a Word document. And I said, do you mean to tell me of the 20 times I've told you not to do this, you did it anyway? And she goes, yes, but it worked the last time. And I said, no, you're not listening, okay? You're not listening and you're making my job of editing your text that much harder. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you how you open in Adobe PDF and how to open a Word document. And it's two separate processes. So what she does instead of opening the document as a PDF so she can print it and write in the corrections, she thinks she's helping me out by opening it as a Word document and then getting pissed off when things don't, you know, come back the right way after I told her, please, please don't do this. And she gets frustrated with me because I told her, please don't do this anymore because I've told you this a handful of times. Like I'm being really nice, but I'm also kind of being patronizing, which is fine because at this point, if you have to make my work harder for me, I'm going to be pissed off at you. I think that's a fair trade. So she says, so she starts to be all funny and stuff. And I'm like, okay, since you're not listening to me, I'm going to go sit down and continue my work for the day. And when you're ready to listen, what I have to tell you about how to fix this situation, I'll be back. (laughs) <laughs> like the true asshole I am <laughs> because enough's enough already. Like if you're not retaining the information, write it down. And I'm not saying it as I'm saying these instructions to an older person who's losing her mind. Clearly I'm saying it as a person who, if you want to learn how to do something and your memory's not great, because mine isn't at all. And I'm only 30, like write it down. There's nothing wrong with writing down or putting like pen to paper. If you're having an issue Like, that's that's what's funny about it. It's not a weakness if you have to take notes. Have you seen people in class take notes? I take notes everywhere. I have post-its everywhere on my desk, on my computer screen, everywhere. Because I like to remember things the first time and not have to go searching or asking someone for the millionth time how to open a Word document. (laughs) I just can't stand when people don't listen. And it's the same thing with the Obras. Right now, currently, I haven't explained this. Right now, currently, we are doing uh, we're doing COVID testing for all the employees. Excuse me. I was looking at a post-it. That has nothing to do with today. We are doing COVID testing on all employees. They have to do it twice a week if they work over three days a week. So I am now in charge of typing in all the lab requisitions for all the employees. Now, that's okay, except I'm a human being who has wrists and needs to take a break. Now, Two weeks ago, I stayed three hours late on a Friday. On a Friday, to type up these requisitions, thinking that they had to be done at a certain time because I wasn't told otherwise, to come into work on Monday to realize that I did not have to rush through them the way I did on Friday, which had me pissed off. So, I was pissed about that, as it, as would anyone, because even though I'm getting the OT, fuck the OT, okay. Because I had dinner plans Friday evening that I wanted to get home to. By the time I got home, my fucking food was cold. (laughs) Cold, tired, sweaty, body hurting from sitting in the same chair all day because I didn't take a pee break the whole time because I was confined to my desk. Because again, thought this was a rush. Secondly, I learned that they didn't have to be in a rush. And I also learned that... The recording I was doing for the Lab recs was for us personally, so only we are following those. So that was the other issue. Third, people keep coming up to me because I'm still typing these up today, and that's two weeks now we've been doing it. <laughs> people are coming up to me, CNAs in particular, asking me about their Ober minutes, as if anybody cared about that shit right now. Now I'm going to explain to you what Ober minutes are. Ober minutes are part of a CNA's compliance with the state and with the facility. They have to have 720 minutes by December. That's how that goes. So they have to have 360 by June and another 360 by December. We usually do a year-end wrap-up, which includes all the CNAs who are behind getting makeup packets. So while I am typing these up like friggin' Speedy Gonzalez. People keep coming up to me and talking to me and interrupting me and I just have no fucking time. <laughs> and even Cheryl, my other boss, has intervened from time to time because people keep asking me these questions and she's heard me say the same thing to goddamn everybody that walks through that door. That's it. So that's that's how that's going. That's how the past two weeks have been. Stupid people asking me stupid questions while I'm typing up stupid lab wrecks. That's it. <laughs> Oh, and also, one more story before we go, while I have you, and, you know, through my crazy shit. So check this out. (laughs) This guy came in last week. Was it last week? Probably was. Who knows? I'm losing my mind. Sometime, okay? This guy came into the office. It was around 11 o'clock. Yeah, because everybody was in a meeting. And when I say everybody, Arlene, Beth, and Cheryl. Those are the three people that were at a meeting. I'm the only one left sitting there by myself, typing at my desk, whatever I'm typing. I don't know if this was before or after the lab requisition shits started happening, but I think I was working at a smooth, unrushed pace. So it was probably before. This guy comes in and he goes, uh, can I check the smoke detectors in here? And I'm like, okay, sure. So there's no smoke detector above me that I know of. So I let him into Arlene's office and to Beth and Cheryl's office, but I watch him because those doors are not supposed to be unlocked when they're not around. So I said, so he goes, Oh, there isn't one in here and there's not one in here. So nobody's office in nursing admin has a freaking smoke detector. So I'm like, okay, see you later and shut their doors. He came back two hours later asking the same question. And I was like, Nope, there still are no smoke detectors in here. And he goes, okay, thanks. So I said to my bosses, I was like, is this guy losing his fucking mind? He was just in here two hours ago and there were no smoke detectors. What do you think I was going to do? Pull a smoke detector out of my ass and stick it to the wall? Was I going to print out a picture of a smoke detector and tape it to the ceiling? Like, dude, what are you actually looking for? So I went to go bother Dana who it, who works in activities and she runs the store in the facility there's like a little gift shop whatever so i go over to dana and i tell her what happened and she laughed then i went over to go bs with donna and mark really quickly because they were on lunch and then i go back into dana at the gift shop and she goes you know he came in here and he asked me the same thing again and i was like dude what is this guy's problem <laughs> she goes she goes he said he's looking for some either square or, me- or like rectangular metallic box that should be on a wall somewhere and he can't seem to find it and nobody in the facility seems to know where to find it. And I'm like, well, this is a big ass place. He's probably getting turned around. But if you can't recognize that you've been in the same place twice, my man, maybe you should be in our dementia ward and have a seat. Like I was baffled. So after I spoke to Dana, I went back to Arlene and told Arlene what was going on. And she goes, what do you mean nobody knows where it is? Shouldn't Anthony know? Anthony's the head of plant ops. Excuse me. She was like, shouldn't Anthony know? And I was like, I have no friggin' idea. I'm just letting you know what I was told because this guy can't seem to find it and has lost his own damn marbles. (laughs) So she goes, well, now I want to know where it is. (laughs) I still honestly to this day do not know if he found it or not. And it's been probably three weeks since I seen the kid. But I felt so bad that he's been running around a facility that beds like seven hundred people to friggin find this box that he's never gonna find. <laughs> I should probably find out. Mm, could be important. But in any case, <laughs> this was the craziest episode ever. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it brought you peace of mind with what's going on lately because. The world is a crazy place right now, and what we need is people to make us laugh. And I hope I was one of those people that made you laugh. If not, I can do better next time. I'm sick of people driving by and making noise, but I have the window open, so it's kind of my fault. So again, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And I hope you enjoyed my little rants about TV and such and not reading emails correctly. And again, subscribe, rate, and review. I know I've said it before, but do it, do it, do it, because we're trying to grow this baby. (laughs) Come be a part of my Coco community. I have a Discord now. I'm going to put that on the social media, and hopefully we get some people in the Discord chatting and jonesing for video games and telling me some topics you want to hear next. You can also catch me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Coco underscore Fonseca as my Twitter and Coco BB 20 for my Instagram. And again, either one of those is pinned to my Facebook. So I'm sure those Facebook requests will be coming through. And whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're having a very cuckoo day. Goodbye, everybody. And have a good one.